Welcome to episode three of the 70 Yuma Union High School District's official podcast. I'm Chief Communications Officer Eric Patton, and today I'm going to talk to Student Nutrition Director Grace Pruitt. Grace is entering her second year with the district after previously working at Arizona Western College, and in a short time, she's already implemented a number of positive changes. We'll talk a little bit about some of that, and including some tasty new menu items for staff and students, as well as a little bit about what other goals and ideas her department has in store for the coming year. So, Grace, thank you for being here. Thank you for inviting me. Absolutely, and I think it's important before we get started, I can't go without mentioning how you got started at Yuma Union High School District. It was the busiest day of the year. Your first day in 2018 was the district kickoff where we welcome a thousand employees back to work for the first time. Mm -hmm. And um, I'd imagine my questions alone probably made you prepared for anything that would happen in the future after that first day. Absolutely. It, it was a very interesting day, very busy. Um, just inter- being introduced to the staff, that was overwhelming coming on board and having a little over 90 employees that are now reporting to you and going around meeting them, interacting with the other staff members with the Yuma Union High School District and being responsible for the food that day for all the staff making sure they have breakfast and then people I hadn't even met yet, uh, yourself included with one of those people coming up and saying, we have this issue going on and and it's your department that handles it. How do you want to handle it? So it was like, whoa, okay. And, you know, just, um, you know, boots on the ground, getting into it, the nitty gritty and doing whatever we could to make sure that day was a success. So what brought you to that role um, from whether it's Arizona Western or before that? How did you end up at, at Yuma Union High School District? Um, So that is a very exciting story. I won't go into all of how I came to the high school district, but I did come from Arizona Western College. I spent four years there in their human resources department, and that was a wonderful opportunity for me. I learned a lot. I loved working with their staff, the students there. Um, Never a dull moment in a human resources department, and I was just looking for the next opportunity. I had kind of climbed the ladder there in their human resources department, starting as a specialist, leaving as a coordinator. Um, and was just looking for what was next for me. I had just finished my bachelor's degree shortly before that. Um, So it just seemed like the next thing. Was there something about working in a food or a service industry? I mean, human resources is still service. Uh, It's just a different kind of service. But was there something especially, I guess, about food that appealed to you? Well, I've always been interested in nutrition and health and wellness. Absolutely, I I embody that and try to um, have that in my own life. And so obviously, always interested in food and the aspect of it. But it was somebody, a a district employee, that knew that I was looking for my next opportunity. And they called me up and said, hey, the district has this position. Maybe you should apply for it. And they are kind of telling me about the role and that it's a director job. I'm like, okay, well, you know, what is it? What's the job? And like student nutrition, but I've never been in student (laughs) nutrition before. I I know a lot about nutrition and I know a lot about, um, you know, management and business because that's my degree. That's human resources aspect. So I can, I can do that side of the house, but I've never been in a student nutrition role. Um, and they're like, no, you, you'll do fine. I think you can do it. You should apply for it. So they were really the encouraging party that sent me to this specific position to apply for it. And I was lucky enough that the district hired me. Well, we're glad to have you. I'm glad that we get to work together. Um, let's get into the student nutrition part of it now. Absolutely. Since January of 2019, 
your department's added more than 30 new menu items. Mm -hmm. um, can you just explain a little bit about why it was important for you to add some new items and then I guess after that, how, how did you determine what items you were going to So I think one of the main things when I came on board that I kind of noticed was a common um, misconception maybe amongst um, parents, community members, students, that cafeteria food wasn't that great and they we didn't have what we wanted on our menu, meaning the students. And so we did in the fall and winter, we did a student survey. Um, and just open open text box. What do you want to see on your menu? Of course, those first few months I came on board, the menu was already laid out as I was getting my feet wet and learning all the different aspects. And so, but I really wanted to hear the student's voice of what they wanted on their menu. And so we did that student um, survey and got thousands of responses back, the most we've ever received before when it was that open text box, open sharing. Um, and we had over 2,500 responses that came back and that really influenced from January 2019 to even now adding those 30 plus new menu options. So what are some of them? Um, from the breakfast menu, we added a chorizo and egg burrito, um, mini sinis, uh, different yogurts, a coffee cooler, which is decaf, so there's not a lot of caffeine in it, um, but the students have been enjoying those. On the lunch menu, we added a buffalo chicken ranch wrap, and that was so popular the first two days we served it, we completely ran out. The staff were running back to the kitchen in the middle of lunch, throwing more together, making more for the kids because they just loved it so much. Um, we added many salads, Asian sesame chicken salad, a raspberry chicken vinaigrette salad, uh, loaded baked potatoes, chili cheese fries, pastas, chicken alfredo, chicken parmesan, just across the board um, were things that we added. And so that was last year we started with 27 items just from January to May, and this year we added an additional 11 for our first two months wow. in August and September. And so this year we had a grilled chicken Caesar uh, wrap, we had a grilled cheese sandwiches, a meatball sub, spaghetti and meatballs, a turkey and a chicken panini melt sandwiches, um, a cilantro chicken uh, lime and rice recipe. So we're really trying to diversify the menu, get a lot of variety in there, and again, always tie it back to what do the students want. I've had the buffalo chicken ranch wrap, and I mm -hmm. really liked that, and I, I noticed that that was a very popular item. And you can kind of tell sometimes when it shows up multiple times yes. on the menu each month. Yes. <laughs> um, do you have any particular one that out of the new ones, especially that you like a lot or is your particular favorite? That I like a lot from the, the new menu. I would say that the um, the turkey panini that is a, an excellent recipe. I do have to agree those those wraps are excellent. Both the buffalo one and the new chicken ranch wrap. If you haven't had the chicken Caesar one, that one's excellent. Okay. Um, so both of those are very good, um, and we put a lot of work into testing those out. We have to order a lot of samples in. Okay, what flavor? Um, people don't think about okay, the tortilla is mm -hmm. is. Three different tortillas we have to try, which is the best? The lettuce, which is the best lettuce to go into this? Because we're creating these recipes from scratch. We kind of pull some things from the internet, but it's really from scratch with what products we can get from our vendors and then piecing it all together. So there's a lot of sampling that goes into place, adjusting the recipes. Um, and those wraps are, are excellent. I, I think they're very good, I would have to agree. And then the paninis, those are, are very good as well. It sounded like, uh, just from talking to you in the past, that the first year there was a lot of emphasis on improving the salad choices mm -hmm. and then as we get into the 1920 year you were looking more at improving the sandwich choices and we're just talking mm -hmm. about lunch of course you've 
had a target for for breakfast as well but mm-hmm. for lunch specifically it seemed like sandwiches this year were a target whether it was bread uh you know the, the choices of bread that you you guys were making and when mm-hmm. you're getting those samples or whatnot is that intentional were you really trying to focus on salads the first year and now sandwiches or is is that just kind of the way it turned out kind of the way it turned out um, especially in the first year with those salads um, we were looking at the salads number one because of cost and food waste wise of how we had them scheduled on the menu there was a lot of salad going uh, to waste Um, students weren't taking the salads as much then and so it was kind of a combination of the food waste the excess costs being spent there and then the recipes and so we took them off the menu for a while while we were going through trying to find some new um, recipes that the students would like and we kind of got a, a little voice from the students saying hey where'd our salads go and so we're like hey we have to we have to do this faster and it took us about a month um, to get the new recipes out there with those salads and so that just kind of that just happened um, with those salads and and we brought out healthier salads and that's that's one of the things I cautioned the students that I had talked to that reached out to me individually and I really appreciate them is that just because it has the word salad and it doesn't necessarily mean that it's healthy um, <laughs> what is on your salad the dressings the toppings you know those condiments crackers croutons cheeses all of those things add to your salad and so you may have high sodium high calories high carbs and you don't know it because you just say hey I'm eating a salad um, so we came out with healthier salad recipes than we previously had on the menu that reduced all of those things and overall I think is a better, uh, better product and quality of a salad. Um, and then the sandwiches were intentional, uh, focusing on that because of our student survey that we did last year. A lot of kids asking for um, different subs, different paninis, can we have grilled cheeses, different things like that. So we wanted to say, you know, hey, what can we do to make the sandwich side better? So you've talked a lot about the student survey. I know in mm-hmm. the past when you and I have talked, you've referenced that before as well. Um, and then we talked about waste. Obviously, that's something that you're keeping track of regularly. Mm-hmm. Um, how much does data play a role in, in your job as the director and, and how much do you value that? It's huge and it impacts everything that we do. Um, so every every day we're tracking the, the data every month. We have weekly reports, daily reports that we are focusing on um, that not only is just for the menu options, there's data that impacts, okay, did the kids like this, this meal option? If not, we probably need to take it off or we need to feature it again. It was a, it was a high uh, participation day. Our department is funded primarily through student participation and that's something that a lot of people do not know. Um, and so data is huge. It impacts if it's, if it's a meal option that the kids like, we need to have it because we need to have those participation numbers because more participation means the better food we can have, the more employees we can have to get lunch faster, the better equipment we can have. Um, and so it's very important. It impacts our reporting that we do to the Arizona Department of Education. Um, there's many reports that we do all throughout the year that we're reporting um, overall student participation for the month based on student enrollment, where we're at. Um, so it's critical to us on a daily basis. We are also, and people may have heard this term before, considered mm-hmm. a provision to district. Yes. What exactly does that mean and why is that a good thing for our students? 
so and we are provisioned too however this year we also introduced CEP which is the community eligibility provision and okay. so three of our schools were moved from provision two to the CEP and what both of those are they are provisions off of the national school lunch program that basically states that we have a need in our community um, whenever you're on the regular national school lunch program you have the income applications the households uh, household applications that they're filling out every year and that determines if you are paying for the meal at the full rate at the reduced rate or at no cost um, and because of where that's at and our percentages, many years ago, we were able to individually add our schools as we became qualified for provision two um, because we had a high percentage of students that were on the no cost section. And so that means as a, as a community, as a district, that we can go on to provision two making all of our meals no cost. So every student gets breakfast, lunch, and if they're in an after school um, program that's open to all students, then they get no cost after school snacks as well. And that, that's critical. It's awesome. Um, it's awesome. It's a great opportunity for the kids. They aren't worrying about, do I have money on my account? Did my mom send me with money today so I can get my lunch meal? They just come in. Um, enter their student ID numbers and they get those meals at no cost um, and so that's really important and the CEP is just another provision it's um, just classified differently of how um, those students are reported to the state um, but again no cost to the student across the district it's across no cost the district for, for no the cost mm -hmm. sometimes there's some confusion among parents mm -hmm. and students about why they're entering their ID numbers I know mm -hmm. in other schools uh, maybe other high school districts or elementary schools, who knows, entering your ID numbers, like charging an account or something mm -hmm. like that. And obviously as a no cost district, that's not happening. So why are students entering their IDs? So students enter their IDs. Um, they do have, um, they are uploaded into our system because we track them and we have to report um, to the state of how many students we have eating every day and we can only serve one no-cost meal per student Got it. so they enter in their student ID number to track them so if I come through the line and I've had one lunch meal and I come through a second time the second meal you would be charged for because you've already had your one no-cost meal um, and that's all it's for you're not you're not adding money to an account you're not charging to an account we do have some of the um, other schools elementary middle schools junior highs in our community that are not on either the provision two or the CEP provision and so they still have the the free the reduced mm -hmm. and the paid uh, sections and so students may coming from if they're freshmen they're coming in thinking oh I have to enter my ID I have to have money on my account so that's just kind of um, that first year getting used to yeah. being at the district where we have no cost uh, uh, no cost meals across the board um, but it's it's not charging it to an account it's just tracking it so we can report it to the state of how many first meals we served that day one thing that I thought was cool and you mentioned mm -hmm. like if they wanted to come back through for a second lunch they would be charged but there are mm -hmm. share carts and mm -hmm. share stations and ability for students who aren't going to eat all of their lunch to put it in um, an, a common area for students to get more if they wanted wanted to or were hungry that day. Mm -hmm. um, can you talk maybe a little bit about that or how that process works? Absolutely. So the share stations, and we're very excited, we're going to be rolling out new share stations um, that were, we partnered with Arizona Western College welding team and our uh, Yuma Union uh, Skills USA welding team 
Um, so we're very happy to roll out those new share stations. So look for those in your cafeterias here in September. Um, but the share station concept was put out by the Arizona Department of Education and it kind of also went out nationwide as a way for cafeterias to reduce food waste. Um, and it's across from the kindergarten to the 12th grade. Um, some of us are offer versus serve, others are serve only where you're plating all of those meals options. And the, the student may not want to eat their fruit or they may not want to eat their package of carrots. So the share station is an opportunity for them to pass it along for another student to grab out of the share station. So they go, they put that um, banana in there, that orange in there, the carrots in there. They are not throwing it away, so we reduce the food waste. And then another student, if they are still hungry and they see something in the share station, a student can go and grab that food out and they can add it to their plate or even if they're done and it's closer to the end of lunchtime and they're going and grabbing it out and throwing it in their bag for an after school snack. It just gives them an opportunity to have more food if they want it. One of the kind of, I, I guess after, because I've, I'm a little biased because I've had the food, you know, but okay. there, there are sort of these negative stigmas in society about school lunches. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm sure that, uh, you know, while I can't understand the negativity, I'm sure there are people out there that are completely disagreeing, mm -hmm. but what, what do you do or how do you handle it when you or your staff uh, encounter these negative comments from the community or from parents or, or students? So, so it does happen and, and that is kind of a common thought, you know, across the board. A, a lot of people think that. Um, I don't necessarily think so and like you said, you, you don't feel that way. Um, but we take all concerns seriously. Whenever we have a, a student that, like I said, I had students email me individually last year or if it's a parent calling, emailing with a concern, we take all of those seriously and we look into it depending on, on what their, their concern is. If it's with a specific meal item or across, maybe something's going on that they're saying. Um, and we look into that to see how we can improve it. If they're just saying, well, we don't like any of these meals options, well, tell us what do you what want do you on like? your menu? Yeah. And that's that opportunity with the student survey. We're going to be doing it again after fall break, getting the students feedback. Okay, we've rolled out 30 options. What do you want now? Um, and so if you have an opinion, give it to us kindly and respectfully, and we're happy to see what we can do. Obviously, there's some things that we cannot change because we are operating under the National School Lunch Program, the School Breakfast Program. Those are programs that have regulations by the federal and the state government departments. And so they control things like sodium, calories, sugars, um, carbohydrates, the uh, whole grain versus what kind of um, wheat products you can have on the menu. And that impacts a lot of it, I think, because the taste is a little bit different than if you go to a fast food place. Yeah. Um, you're not going to get the same meal, um, chicken sandwich at Chick-fil-A as you would with us. We think ours is excellent and we are a close competitor with Chick-fil-A. Um, but we do have those regulations that we have to follow. We also have things like budget constraints. Um, whenever we have students that ask for some options, um, probably serving steak and lobster aren't going to be uh, <laughs> uh, something that's within our budget, but we really do try. We work with our vendors um, and our food distributors saying, you know, what's the best price we can get this at um, and try and get it to the menu, do anything as best as possible. But concerns that anybody has about our, our menu, we, we take them very seriously. And I want to hear people's opinions. Um, again, 
they're eating it. So if they want to see something on their menu, all they have to do is ask for it. And if it's in our ability to be able to provide it to them, then we're more than happy to get samples and create recipes and get it added onto our menu if the students are asking for it. Outside of getting a request for Mountain Dew and a steak and lobster on the menu, what would be the best way for someone to voice an opinion to you outside of that student survey? Would they email you? How, how would what would be your preference for someone that, that wanted to share their opinion? Absolutely, they can email me. They can also just on their, their school level, they can talk to the, um, the cafeteria uh, men and women that are there, the managers that are there. If they um, really like an item and say, can you feature this more often? We really like this yeah. wrap or we really like the chicken sandwich. Can you feature it more often? Um, or if it's, hey, we have an idea, what about a yogurt parfait or a biscuit chicken sandwich? We're adding those nice. coming up in October. Down there too. Yes, <laughs> so some really exciting things that students said outside of the student survey um, and mentioned it to our, our workers there at the school level. And they always feed that information back to me because I, I meet with them regularly. I was gonna ask um, how, how often you guys meet. I meet with them regularly several times throughout the month that I go to the school and I'm always asking them, have any of the students said anything to you? Or, you know, do they have any concerns about, you know, one day maybe something, something happened on their plate, they have a concern, individual concern, or they have an idea that they've told you, hey, we used to have this last year, can we bring it back on the menu? We haven't seen it yet, maybe it is on the menu, it's just later in the month. Um, and I ask them all the time, what have the students been talking about? Are they liking things? Or you know, maybe they don't like a menu option and you've heard them kind of saying that throughout the, the lunchroom. Um, give that information back to me and then we use that. Again, that's part of the data yeah. and the research that we do for our menu. Nice. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm gonna shift gears for our last question here. Okay. And uh, try to have a little bit of fun with it. Um, but I'm gonna put you on the spot. Okay. All right. So you got to be ready. It's just quick, quick answers here. So unrelated to the school food that we've been talking about, mm -hmm. what's your all-time favorite dish or favorite meal? I would say pizza. Pizza. What kind mm -hmm. of pizza? What what toppings would you want on your pizza? Um, variety. I like cheese and pineapple. No ham. Okay. Uh, not okay. the Hawaiian. Just the pineapple. But I would probably say my all-time favorite is pepperoni, black olive, and mushroom. All right. Now mm -hmm. we we know if. Uh, if that shows up on a school uh, lunch menu, then we know why. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and my last one is, if you could travel anywhere in the world, to any city in the world, but you had to decide what city you were going to based on the food that that city is most known for, what city would interest you most? I could say I, w I would definitely go to Italy. Um, because they have pizza there, they have pasta there. I am I am all about the carbs, even though they aren't the best for you. I love pizza, I love pasta, I love bread. So I would I would just go to Italy and, and make my rounds of the pizza and the pasta. Well, I, I can't argue with that. And I can tell by uh, our conversation today that you, you've got enough energy from all the carbs as well. So yes. I, I appreciate the time that you we're here and uh, look forward to talking again sometime. Absolutely. Thank you again for having me.
Episode 70 is a YUHSD podcast hosted by Eric Patton and Superintendent Gina Thompson. The goal of the 70 is to provide insight, levity, and hopefully some relatable content for all stakeholders interested in public education. It is released twice monthly and debuted August 28, 2019. You can listen to the 70 on yumaunion.org's podcast page or subscribe on iTunes or numerous other podcast hosting services.